You're listening to Siren Radio and it's uh, the first Wednesday of a new month and it's high time we made contact with a man who makes the sense out of what seems to be at the moment chaos, the weather, the Met Man, the Supremo, that is John Ketley has all the information at his fingertips. John, welcome to Siren Radio. Uh, thank you once again, Andrew. Thank you. Nice to be here. Well, it's lovely to have you here. And we have, as they say, a lot of weather to talk about, don't we? <laughs> yeah, well, it was ever thus, I have to say. I think there's always an awful lot of weather to talk about, whether it's in this country or in different parts of Europe or even North America, where, of course, there has been even more extreme weather than we've seen. But um, if you look back on uh, Lincolnshire through January, probably uh, not that exciting in many ways. I'm just looking also at the figures for the whole of 2021, the whole figures uh, for 2021 are now in as far as rainfall was concerned. And I noticed across the whole of England and Wales, the average rainfall was 979 millimetres, which means absolutely nothing no. to anybody. <laughs> but if you, if you look at the, the figures over the past 22 years, well, 21 years, um, since the turn of the century anyway, um, our annual rainfall has gone from 761, that was the lowest, uh, 2003 to a maximum of 1244 in 2012 uh, so 979 sits very comfortably in the middle of all that so from what i'm saying there it was a pretty average <laughs> year when it came to when it came to rainfall and we started off in a very average sort of way really i know it's difficult to remember but back on new year's day we were following uh, a year which was actually the coldest january uh, since 2010, the beginning of the year last year mm. uh, was the coldest January since 2010. This year, we started off on a high note with very mild conditions. New Year's Day itself was actually very mild indeed, a record-breaking mild day. And uh, temperatures in St. James's Park in London got up to 16.2 degrees, but it was blowing a hooli. Uh, there were some very strong winds about as well, especially across Scotland, uh, where the winds were gusting 75 miles an hour. Anyway, that was the wild start to the year. But uh, looking at Lincolnshire, it was anything but wild overall. We've just had a couple of storms recently, I know. But if you look at the rainfall for the entire month of January, bearing in mind it's 31 days, quite a mm. long month, really, mm. uh, just 16 millimetres of rain in Scampton, 16 millimetres in the entire month. January is not known to be a dry month. It's often no. one of the wetter ones. Uh, there was 18 millimetres at Waddington, a bit wetter at Waynefleet over towards the coast where they were catching showers off the North Sea, I suspect. Uh, so there was 29 millimetres there. Uh, just 11.6 millimetres down at Wittering, down the A1 near Stamford. Uh, I mean, so those, those are the sorts of figures that we'd expect from Shoebury Ness, aren't they? Yeah, they are, actually. Yes, they are. And it doesn't matter where you look across the country during January, those figures were extremely low. I'm looking at ludicrous amounts of rain at uh, in northeastern England around Boomer you know Berwick on oh, yeah. Tweed uh, around the border with Scotland and um, and up towards Albemarle a place called Albemarle they only had 11 or 12 millimeters throughout the month there and Loftus near Redcar they had 13 millimeters so really really low figures uh, I don't have a figure for Shoebriness sadly but I can't <laughs> believe it was uh, as low as ours really I think it was probably about the same as we had uh, because um, some parts of the southeast did catch some rain at times. Now, obviously, there was rain around. It, you, you don't have a dry month everywhere. And some parts of the north, although they were drier than normal, generally speaking, there was still only 128 millimetres at Lerwick in Shetland. That was 88% of their normal January rain. 
and Tullock Bridge as well. Uh, Tullock Bridge is in a very exposed place. It's up beyond um, Fort William. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a mountainous sort of area, Tullock Bridge. They had 143 millimetres, and our friend Lock Glasgarnock, which I know you saw the signpost at least for we it. We did, recently. yep. <laughs> Even if you didn't spend a day there. Um, they did have 181.8 millimetres, but that was that was about three quarters of what they'd normally expect to get. So, yeah, it's a really, really dry month, a really dry start to the year. Temperatures have been all over the shop. Uh, but the thing that's come to the attention of the media already is that over England anyway it was the sunniest on record now temperature uh, sunshine records don't go back that far well when I say that about 100 years uh, obviously our central England temperature uh, pattern goes back to 1659 so sunshine isn't as extensive a record base uh, but 100 years and it was the sunniest January on record I know Waddington RF Waddington have reported their sunniest ever they opened in 1916 as a matter of interest and then it shut down for a few years before the second world war so they haven't recorded all the time, I, I suspect. But, um, yeah, it does go back uh, over 100 years at RAF Waddington, and it was their sunniest on record. Now, as we know these days, we don't get sunshine totals for all of our Lincolnshire uh, airfields. But Waddington did actually claim to get 96.4 hours of sunshine. 96.4 hours of vitamin D, Andrew. Now, you fantastic. can't argue with that. No, no, and, you can't. Uh, that's, that's 58% above average January sunshine. So there's a plus. It was dry. Uh, sunshine was good. Temperatures also slightly above average. You wouldn't get excited about the temperatures. I mean, they were just very, very slightly above what you'd normally get. And that's because you were having the mild days alternating with some colder periods as well. And we did have a period of anticyclonic gloom in the middle of all that as well. Mm. So that wasn't very pleasant at all. Uh, so countrywide, it was uh, a sunny, dry uh, month, a very sunny, dry, quiet start of the year, apart from as I've mentioned already, is storm on New Year's Day and then two more storms much more recently, which have uh, sadly caused a few problems up in Scotland once again and a sad loss of life in Staffordshire too. So we had those storms very recently, Storm Malik and uh, another one after that. It, two came along within 36 hours, which was uh, quite remarkable really. If you look at the um, the dryness of the um, the year, by the way, or Jan- January, uh, you look at the dryness of January, it's, it's very rare to get a very dry one. The last very dry one was 1997. Uh, but before that, you had to go back to 1964 and 1963. Now, that's a bit of a curve ball. I mentioned the fact that January 63 was one of the drier ones. And many people listening would probably realise that that was the, uh, the very harsh winter. We had a very snowy, cold winter. Now, a lot of people well. will think that it was an extremely snowy winter, so why was it a dry January? Well, the point was, although it was a severe winter, it wasn't as snowy as 1947 had been. Uh, but on the, other, on the other hand, there was some heavy snowfall at times, but equally there were long periods in between times when it was just very, very frosty and icy, and all the snow got more and more solid on the ground. Mm. And I throw this in, Andrew, just as a matter of interest for our listeners, that... Um, since we last did the programme, I've been involved in some filming about the 1962-63 winter Fantastic. on Channel 5 television. Channel 5, wow. Channel 5 TV. And that's a programme that's um, due to be aired later on this month. I'm not exactly sure about the date yet. It may be the 22nd. It may be as late as the, or as early as the 22nd of February. Not absolutely certain, uh, because you get the call to do these programmes. Um, very Well, it seems seemingly very late. 
Uh, but of course, the the organisers, the producers, only got to wind of the fact that he's doing a programme about three days earlier. <laughs> so they, they they always tell them that they've got to make a programme in the next two weeks now to get it edited edited for the twenty second oh, of February fantastic. or whatever. Now, it happens. You, you and I were but but lads at that day. I oh, would yes. be nine, and I can remember that. I remember waking up on Boxing Day in '62, looking out the window in North Harrow, which is where we lived, and yeah. it was a white blanket, and it was like that until the mid to end of February. The other thing I remember is that my Wellington boots were so tight, I hated going out in them because, it, as you say, the snow was compacted and became icy and was mm. just horrendous. It, it was such. I love snow, but that put me off it for life. Yeah, yeah well, I, I came up with other recollections of that long winter because I did a quite a long, quite as you can imagine, quite a lengthy interview for them. And, of course, they'll, they'll cut it up into little snippets. And I'll be uh, I'll be squeezed in between other little snippets and plenty of video as well from the period, all in black and white or sepia. I'm not quite sure uh, what uh, how they're going to look. But, um, yeah, I remember it all in colour, which was nice. It's very nice when you can recollect something that happened so long ago and you saw it in colour, but it comes out on TV mainly in black and white. Wow. It, it, you know, it all seems so much more distant when you see film yeah. work on television which You're is right. still in black and white. It looks like it's a previous century. Well, it is a previous century. All right, it is. <laughs> but it looks more like 200 years ago rather than just 59. <laughs> well, can, can you tell it? I've told them about welly boots. Before we move on to uh, other things with the contemporaneous weather, uh, are there any revelations or are you not allowed to say? Have you so- signed a, a non-disclosure contract? Um, well, of course, I, I did sign all of that sort of thing. But oh. um, seeing as I don't exactly know and remember what I said anyway... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's going to matter too much. All I do remember, and it will be mentioned on the programme, but I've mentioned it many times in the in the past decades, that um, you know I was gutted that winter because I went back to school after Christmas. The snow where I was in the Pennines kicked in by Boxing Day, and um, Glasgow had, had its first white snow, uh, you know, white Christmas, I should say, since 1938 in the middle of Glasgow. Gosh. Uh, so it, it wasn't a regular event to get snow so early in the no. in the winter, uh, but um, they they were under snow by Christmas Day, and it came south across the rest of the country Christmas Day night into Boxing Day, and everybody else copped it. Mm. Uh, so time we went back to school in January, whatever it would have been, fifth, sixth, seventh, I'm not sure. Um, the ice, the snow, deep snow and ice was covering the playground, and it stayed that way then for ten weeks. So mm. I couldn't play football at all for ten weeks in our playground. And, and, and uh, our road through the Pennines was the only one usually open. And three M sixty two. Of course, it then scuppered your potential footballing career because you missed well, ten did. very important weeks of development there. And then, and the scouts <laughs> would have been out from Manchester, and Liverpool, and Sheffield, yeah. and Bradford, and all sorts of places like that. Well, as I said in the program, you know, I was we were only twenty miles from Manchester United's ground. We were only <sighs> 20, 20 miles from Bradford City's ground, oh. and twelve miles. from from Halifax Town, nine miles from Burnley, which was a top team in the in the day. Uh, so yes, scouts were they were there, but the I don't think they ever saw me. Actually, oh, right. I don't think they right. ever saw me. They, they weren't impressed. No. Uh, so I stuck to to cricket. But yes. anyway, it was a momentous winter. Absolutely no doubt about that. It was a momentous winter, and hopefully. Some people listening will be able to catch that programme when it goes out on Channel 5 later on this month. Looking forward to it. So uh, getting back to the weather and looking back at January, where are we going now? Well, I'm just going through. If you remember, we did the programme very late we did. Uh, in January. My fault. Uh, well, <laughs> I would never blame anybody, Andrew. Uh, but, um, but previous to that, we'd have that very mild start. Then it did go cold. Again, there were some pretty strong winds around about the 4th. 
Uh, it had been cold enough for some snow, quite heavy snowfall, actually, up in uh, Aviemore and places like that. Drumna Drocket even mm-hmm. got a little bit of snow. Now, on the day of the programme, that was the 12th, I think it was breezy but mild in Scotland. Temperatures uh, generally 7 to 10 across the country. Uh, but uh, there were some um, wintry, sunny spells, I think you'd probably describe it, on that day. And it, it stayed nice with anticyclone development for quite a while then, right the way through. It was sunny. And then it went gloomy. I do remember about five or six days where we had completely blue skies and then it went completely grey. And that was the anticyclonic gloom kicking in until um, about the 22nd, 23rd, something like that of January. So there were these lengthy periods where nothing seemed to move. It got very static. Um, on the 24th of January, it's still gloomy and cold for much of the UK. Uh, the sun came back out in northeastern Scotland, but we were looking at temperatures by day, only two degrees in Lincoln on the 24th so it's hardly surprising that our temperatures throughout the month were were very close to average because we'd started very mild we did have some mild days when the sun was out there some very cold ones uh, when the uh, when the gloom descended now come the end of the month that's when it started to get very stormy once again we did have more storms coming through on the about 29th uh, winds got up to 85 miles an hour at Inverbervie up in Scotland and we had gusts of 58 miles an hour at Scampton as well so that was Storm Mallee. That was named by the Scandinavians. It wasn't a, a, a storm that was inherited by, well, we did inherit it, I suppose, because uh, it was going across to the north of Scotland into the Norwegian Sea and then swamped Scandinavia as it went very quickly eastwards. Uh, so we were party to that storm, but we didn't actually name the thing. But it did bring those terrible problems to uh, northern parts of the UK. And then we had the other storm coming uh, within 36 hours, and, uh, and we did name that one as well, which was named Corrie. Uh, which uh, I flippantly said it was not a soap opera uh, because so many people call Coronation Street these mm. days Corrie, don't they? They do, uh, yes. But uh, but um, I probably regretted saying it wasn't a soap opera, even though people say it was called Corrie. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, it was a, a pretty stormy scenario and, and not very pleasant at all. So that was the that was the big change in the weather right at the end of the month. And other parts of the world have also seen some very, very nasty conditions. And I'm going to start in uh, in the US because uh, people like Bruce K. Rosenblum will be listening. I know a, 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 Eagerly. A, very, a very keen listener um, who's trying to improve my uh, my geography of um, California, telling me where the north and south of California is and where you divide it in the middle. <laughs> but but thankfully, on this occasion, I don't think we got too much of interest in California itself during January. We had some pretty... Bad weather at times north of um, California, up in Portland and Seattle. I think Seattle's had a very bad time of it for the last uh, six weeks. They've had periods of flooding and different parts of the far northwest of uh, the states have had some heavy snowfall as well, as you'd expect. Uh, But the rivers have been swollen and there have been several reports of bad weather in that far northwestern part of the US from time to time. Um, There was also, incidentally, I'll just throw this in as an aside, uh, since the last programme, it was announced that the last seven years worldwide have been the hottest on record. I hate them saying hottest on record uh, because, um, you know, to me, you, you've still got very, very cold weather. You, still, you know, places mm. place like Alaska and northern Canada where you never see the sun shining for about four months of the year. And then somebody's coming out with saying it's been the hottest, uh, hottest year again on record. Yeah, doesn't <laughs> they've, work. Only, they've only seen eight months of it. <laughs> but anyway, uh, the facts are there. It's been... Um, they come out with this phrase 1.2 degrees above pre-industrial levels which i don't know it doesn't mean it's fairly abstract uh, but um, you know the the assessment is that the uh, european climate agency are still suggesting that we're getting warmer and warmer and warmer absolutely true 
And if it hadn't been one of these La Nina years, where there's a change in temperature of the Pacific Ocean, uh, if it hadn't been one of those, it probably would have been maybe the uh, the warmest ever. But as it uh, as it stood, it turned out to be the fifth uh, fifth warmest year on record in 2021. Uh, so we had that. We had that in North America. We also had some uh, big storms developing in Florida as well. Lots of tornadoes developed in Florida. Uh, but apart from that, more recently, right at the end of the month, we also had what they call a bomb, a cyclonic bomb developing off the Carolinas to the east coast there. And that brought some really, really horrendous weather up to northeastern states in the past two or three days. And they're saying that that's one of the worst ever, ever seen, that uh, nor'easter. Uh, which has brought some really heavy snowfall up through New York northwards up to New Jersey and Boston. Uh, so, uh, yeah, a really stormy end and beginning of uh, February as well has stayed very, very cold indeed in that northeastern parts of the states. Uh, elsewhere, it's been interesting. You know, I do tend to, because my son's very interested in what goes on at SpaceX uh, mm-hmm. down in the south of Texas. He's been very interested in following the events down there. And he said that... Um, January is their dry season in the south of Texas. Yep. Uh, but um, this last January gone, just finished, it's actually been quite wet at times and not what you'd expect to get. Last year, he said, there was just one day of rain in January. Uh, but this year, it seems to have rained on several occasions and been some pretty wet weather right the way through, into, even to yesterday, I think. So they've, uh, they've had a very strange start to the year down in southern Texas. And temperatures have been up and down, up and down. They've got up again now, but then they're going to fall again. There's another big storm coming, uh, which we can refer to refer to as well, because um, AccuWeather are putting out big warnings now about south-central states having some powerful uh, winds and heavy rainfall and heavy snowfall too on its uh, northern and western flank in the next 48 hours. So there's all sorts of bad weather going on in the states just at the moment. Now, elsewhere, uh, we, we often get some bad weather in different parts of uh, South America. Brazil's been very badly hit as well. And I think this is part and parcel of this uh, La Nina effect as well. Uh, even in the middle of the month, Brazil was having a state of emergency, a severe flooding hit parts of the country. And that's been repeated again right at the end of the month as well. Sao Paulo has seen some landslides and uh, houses buried because of these landslides with more torrential rainfall cr- uh, cropping up there. So all over the place, we seem to be having repercussions and i think it is basically because of this uh, not a reversal of the uh, the winds or the the ocean currents or whatever it might be in the pacific it's la nina is slightly colder than it would be normally when you get an el nino year everything warms up and everything is in complete reverse so that does affect the weather all around the world different parts of the world and it certainly affected the australia too they've had some heavy rainfall in south australia um, didn't change the um, didn't change the cricket match though, did it? Didn't change I, the results of the matches there, Andrew. That I, th- was I think we need to draw a veil over <laughs> our experiences in the uh, southern hemisphere. Uh, it's a training exercise, you know, ebb and flow. You know, <laughs> some seasons we have success, others we don't. But this one was yeah. just not even on a scale I can remember from my growing up days that it was bad. It was it was not distinguished, was it? Not distinguished at all. I'm just waiting for the call, even at my yes, age. Absolutely. Oh, I think the maturity will, will shine through. Um, you're talking <laughs> about cold and ice. Is this a really clever Radio 2 link to the track you've chosen this week? Well, pop pickers, I'm going way back in time now. Going way back in time. I can't believe it's 1977, but way back in 1977, Foreigner produced a track called Cold as Ice, and here it is. 
great track there from foreigner cold as ice and that is a favorite track from mrs k she actually chose that one andrew i do Fantastic. apologize for that no no uh, at all. it's it, what surprised you and me because we do so much preparation before this program i mean yes. it's not just thrown together but no. you said can you google uh, <laughs> so i did um and you and i both said 1977 because uh, having been nippers in 1962, 63, 77, I had just moved from uh, a time in Scotland in the BBC uh, to BBC Radio Nottingham. But you weren't in the Midlands yet. No, no, I hadn't moved north again yet by then. No, I had to um, when I graduated from Coventry. And that was 1976 with my my physics degree tucked under my arm. I was expecting to get promotion, you know, as you would do within the civil <laughs> service with your degree. Uh, but there were no promotion boards that year. Oh. So I'd done a year down in Farnborough at Met Research Flight, flying in a Hercules aircraft, oh, C-130, uh, which I hated. Oh, right, OK. <laughs> I used to fly them, you see. Never mind. Oh, well, yes, I was only in the back. 
um, in this uh, flying laboratory. And, uh, you know, when you were 500 feet over the North Sea for four hours, I didn't enjoy that too much. Uh, I was OK at 10,000. But um, so I went back for a second uh, spell down at Farnborough before in uh, at this end. Yeah, it would have been the end of 77. I then went off to Bracknell for two years. And then it was in the beginning of 1980, about the 28th ish of January 1980, when I was launched into the, uh, the world of the Midlands and uh, did my first. Uh, but it would have been my first TV broadcast about the 28th of May 1980. And I didn't do radio until the end of the year. Strangely enough, my first radio broadcast was on Radio Lincolnshire, but I'd done TV before I did radio. So I was, I was pretty rubbish when I, <laughs> I was pretty rubbish at the beginning of the year and I wasn't much better at the end. <laughs> Come on. No, don't be so, so shy and retiring. <laughs> Let's go back to where we were looking at before we heard Foreign, a great track. I've got an earworm with, the, with the, uh, the hook running around my head. You were talking about big storms in America and um, there's been serious problems uh, on the East Coast. I, yeah. Am I right in thinking, and maybe you're about to talk about this, there was also a really sharp blast of snow in Greece. Yes, I think you've read my mind. Oh, uh, good. But as you said a few moments ago, this programme isn't thrown together. We do rehearse it. And absolutely right. That's a very good link into the 23rd of January when heavy snow and uh, temperatures below freezing affected Greece. And we saw pictures of snow in Mykonos and in Athens as well. You see these pictures several times. You know, nearly every year you see a picture of the Acropolis mm. snow around it. It is a regular occurrence. And I don't know how many times I've said within the media in the past 10, 15, 20 years, it's just as likely to snow in Athens as it is in England, you know, in any normal winter. It just happens because they get these very, very cold air, uh, strong north winds coming down the backside of the low pressure systems over Turkey and around the Bosphorus. And so it is a regular occurrence to get snow, especially over northern Greece and Thessalonica gets some pretty bad cold winters mm. at times. They tend to blow themselves out as they get down towards Greece, uh, Crete, I should say. And then across to Cyprus, they tend to blow themselves out. They, they would tend to pivot and, and then the winds would creep round back towards the west and then southwest and go back into Turkey. That hasn't happened in the past few weeks. And it's uh, showing signs of doing exactly the same again, <laughs> strangely enough, today and tomorrow, because there's a new batch of heavy rain affecting parts of the, uh, the Greek islands and Athens and running back towards southern Turkey and into Cyprus in the next 24, 36 hours. So it's a repeat performance in a way. I don't think it's cold enough for snow today, uh, but nevertheless, the, the mechanism is exactly the same. So, yeah, they had some very heavy snowfall, which did affect um, even the, the harbour area of Piraeus down in Athens uh, around about the 23rd, 24th. But the, the image I've got is, all, is, is of the snow falling in Mykonos because we were in Mykonos about 10 years ago on a cruise. And, uh, you know, you can imagine more hot weather than mm. they had that day. And <laughs> it's... To think that it could snow is just ridiculous, really. Was any of this caused, before we move on to wherever you want to go, by the, the blocking action of these massive highs that we've had sitting over uh, us and large parts of Europe? Yeah. Was it driving the, everything up over the top, catching the cold air and then pulling it down, as you say, a sort of great funnel effect? It is. It is all to do with the same thing. Because, we, because our weather has been dominated by high pressure here, uh, for seemingly most of the winter so far. We're now into the third month of uh, winter statistically. And we seem to have had high pressure for most of the time. I think uh, the pressure during December and February, uh, December and January, uh, was about five or six millibars above normal. Yeah. So while we've had the high pressure, you know, what goes up must come down. We've got the, the push 
of uh, high pressure in the uh, western side of Europe, you must have a push of cold air and low pressure down into central or eastern parts of Europe. And that's what happens. That's exactly what happens. And it's the same on the other side as well. Uh, it's called an omega block. That's the Greek name for it, if you want to call it that, for an omega block. That's how the jet stream twists Looks. and cavorts and then yeah. gets stuck in a rut. Uh, so you also finish up with some very heavy rainfall and uh, pretty nasty weather down between the Azores, where you'd normally expect to get the high pressure, but it's migrated eastwards this time. So you get the low pressure block down in the Azores, heading towards the western side of the Canaries. And then you get another lot from, uh, say, Corfu, eastwards through Greece and out towards Cyprus. Exactly what it, uh, what it does bring. That's the Omega block. And we've seen that on several occasions in the last eight weeks. And it's there again now. Interesting, isn't it? Indeed. Omega. I take it Omega because of the shape that it, it looks yes. like on a weather uh, yes, map. Uh, difficult to show on the radio. I appreciate that. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, just but if I was off. standing in front of a ball, I could do that. You could, yes. And I'm sure there'd be a little insert into the next television broadcast were you to do one. But uh, this is radio mm. and we don't have pictures. It'll exactly. come eventually. <laughs> it will, will come eventually. Uh, but they, they do say there's a thing called um, Skype and uh, Zoom these Ooh. days. I don't know if you've heard of that, Andrew. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it sounds far too exciting. I need, exciting a, I need a green old... screen behind me. I'm turning around now to my green screen, my virtual green screen. And you, you, you need a clicker as well. Oh, yeah. You've always got to have a clicker. You could probably f mimic one by grabbing a ballpoint pen. See, I didn't call it a biro because that's... Oh, I did say biro. It's a copyright. It is. Of yes. the Polish chappy who invented them. Uh, yeah, the anyway, we can board. cut that bit out. Yeah, we can, but we won't because it's entertaining. <laughs> uh, so where are we going now in our little Well, I think foreign? it's only fair that we just think about what's, uh, where we are now. I believe it's Groundhog Day in the States. Indeed it is. It and is another reference for Bruce going round yeah. and round in circles. Well, indeed. <laughs> uh, so Groundhog Day, and this is what the Americans are saying, Groundhog Day is starting off like a real massive um, slice of wintry weather affecting many southern and eastern parts of the states at the moment. So they've, they've got some very bad weather, which they will remember. Now, in this country, we've historically, and uh, uh, looking through weather law, we call this Candlemas Day, but it's basically the same effect. Um, we have Candlemas Day on the 2nd of February, and according to weather law, which uh, you can take with a huge pinch of rock salt, um, if Candlemas Day be sunny and bright, winter will have another flight. If Candlemas Day be cloudy with rain, winter is gone and won't come again. I always remember when uh, one of my um, early TV broadcasts in Nottingham, obviously it was in 1981 then, because it, it would have been to the second year, because we'd missed the 2nd of February, uh, because uh, David Stevens, the late David Stevens oh, from yes. uh, Pebble Mill, he, he actually handed over to me one day, and said, this is Candlemas Day, John. Uh, is there any significance in its weather law? <laughs> <laughs> that's the way he used to talk, isn't it? He did. He was very He was a proper gentleman, wasn't he? Yes, that's right. Anyway, it's Candlemas Day in this country. And as far as I can see, because some parts of the country are sunny, other parts are cloudy, a few places have got some rain, most places haven't, uh, I don't think we can draw any conclusions from what's going to happen for the next six weeks from that. So weather law is OK. It's a bit of fun, uh, but it really is just uh, a bit of fun. Ah, so okay then uh, so i'm looking out today we're recording this just so everybody knows around about 20 minutes to 12 on wednesday the 2nd of february and it's brightened up since i woke up the, the cloud is breaking i can see bits of blue sky um it it seems to be sort of fairly quiet after the winds that we've had so what are we looking yeah. forward to well it is going to be windy uh, this next week is still going to be windy i think we're going to see the strengthening winds coming back later on thursday actually 
Uh, so more gales coming back into Scotland in the next 24 hours. And we're going to see at last, we're going to see a short spell of rain. <laughs> you remember that rain? Yeah. Um, we're going to see a short spell of rain on um, what Thursday night. It clears away. It's gone by morning. Uh, so then it's colder with sunshine again for Friday. Uh, still pretty chilly winds right into the weekend to begin with. But then it gets much milder again as we go through the second half of the weekend into next week. It comes milder again. But all the rain bands yet again are being pushed northwards. Scotland keeps getting the rain that is around and they keep getting the strongest of the winds as well. So I'm looking at charts now on Monday, for example, more severe gales perhaps into northwest Scotland. Temperatures across the board, something like 12 to 14. And you could find, because of the fern effect on the eastern side of Aberdeenshire there, you could finish up with 15 degrees on Monday, despite the fact that it's windy and, and raining in the far northwest. Um, it turns a little bit cooler during next week. It's basically the same pattern, though. The high pressure is doing all the blocking. I've got a chart up for the uh, middle of the month, around about 14th, 15th. And by that time, the high pressure has just migrated slightly northwards, uh, which brings easterly winds into the south of the country it also brings more unsettled weather back into spain and portugal that leaves greece and cyprus and areas over there much uh, much brighter with more warm sunshine to come back uh, but basically you're looking at charts all the way through to about the 20th now where high pressure is dominating the weather across huge parts of europe so to, you know to try and find any significant rainfall in this country well england in particular is very very difficult and i just cannot believe it's going to stay like this um, a lot of people will be getting quite concerned that it can't stay as dry as it. I'm, th I'm thinking about uh, race courses in particular, of course, you know, mm. people that do rely on some rain at this time, and the water authorities too. Uh, they rely on the rain in the winter uh, because you don't know where you're going to finish up in the spring and the summer if you, you have to think about um, trying to uh, get the water supply replenished in places where there's been a dry spell so it is difficult to know when the rain is going to come back but we know it will law of averages says it will andrew yeah. uh, but i just can't uh, can't pinpoint it at the moment you're probably looking at later on february at some point there's going to be a cold blast and as you know my mantra is you're more likely to have a white easter than a white christmas and indeed, it could happen again, even though Easter this year is very late, about the 17th, isn't 17th it? Easter it is. day, I think. You heard so. that Nostradamus, otherwise known as John the Weather Kettley, speaking on the 2nd of February. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So we've got this. We'll clip it. We'll keep running it. We'll send it to your friends at Channel 5. Do you really <laughs> trust this man? John, it's been wonderful having you on. Just a reminder of your Channel 5. You think it's middle of this month or middle to later this month? Well, I, think it'll be the, I think it'll be about the final week. I, I think the earliest it could be is probably about the 22nd of February, but it's certainly scheduled for the end of this month. Fantastic. Well, I look forward to that. And you and I will be chatting again on exactly the same date. I've just checked it. It is the oh, right. 2nd of March. Um, and looking forward to uh, finding out uh, just how wonderful your performance was. And, uh, <laughs> we can use a few clips, but perhaps you could. wouldn't like to. <laughs> I don't mind. I can make it up as I go along. John Ketley, thank you very much indeed for being with us Pleasure, here Andrew. on Sound Radio.